We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? All right, and welcome to Invasion of the Podcast. I am, as always, Paul Blackthumb Stedman, and to my left is Immortan Joe oh. Peters. <laughs> oh, I knew somehow Immortan Joe would end up being some type of handle for me somewhere down the line. I didn't think it'd be that quick. But I you know, does it, what does Morton mean? Does it? it I don't I know. Mean, like first when I saw the character's name, I was like, my brain thought Immortal Joe, and I'm like, hey. No, yeah, is it more like Morton Fisherman? Like I don't know. Just, uh, Morton Fisherman Joe? I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think you have to win a lot of medals to get that because he had a lot of medals. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so clearly, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some some Mad Max here. Uh, it's, it's got a lot of stuff to talk about that. Um, but Red News team assemble. Yeah, it's, it's okay. <laughs> it looked like it stopped. I'm yeah. like, should I keep going? No. I, I think the recording. I think I stepped on the the stop for a second, um, and then it unleashed, and then it's going to be really fast for a couple seconds. <laughs> uh, Harry Sher, the Simpsons, uh, this existence of the Simpsons being around. Yeah, and this is the first time a major cast. It's crazy to think. I I never put that into perspective with the Simpsons because, like, I remember. God, what was I, eight, maybe, nine? And the Tracy Ullman show would run The Simpsons uh, as, like, a little, like, um, uh, skit, like, in the middle between skits, kind of like how SNL used to do, like, uh, uh, Saturday TV Funhouse thing. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, like little vignettes going yeah, into just, commercials. Just, yeah, like, instead of a commercial, they would run it. And I just remember watching those cartoons on the Tracy Ullman show and, and Homer just choking the crap out of Bart all the time. I, yeah, I remember I and, was um yeah, I was in middle school like when that all like yeah. when the Simpsons be, was a big thing cuz all I ever would ever do is draw Bart Simpson with his slingshot. Yep. And that's I don't know why that's all I, I think, ever wanted to draw. Yeah, I think as like a kid like reading comic books and wanting to draw them, I think one of the first things I taught myself how to draw cuz it was Fairly easy was Bart Simpson. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, and then I remember, you know, after the Almond show, uh, Fox picked up The Simpsons as a full-fledged TV show, and it was a big deal. And now, like, 4,000 seasons later, they're still going. So well, Yeah, and, and, and so, like, the whole big thing, and I read a little bit about it, it's basically everybody associated with the show is like, I don't know why he's leaving, but he's like, well, I wanted to have freedom to do what I wanted to do. And, but they're like, you could call us on the phone and do all the voices. So you have as much freedom as you want. I, you know, whatever his reasons are, the guy's been doing the show for like, what, 26, 27 years, something like that. If I do anything for that many years in a row and say, Hey guys, I'm good. People should respect my wishes and just be like, you know what? He's given a third of his life to this. Yeah. And it's, it's okay. I mean, even if, even if it's not on the best terms, you know, you've you've served us well, so Godspeed, Harry Shear. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I'm sure it won't impact the show 
as much as a lot of people probably are freaking out about. But I mean, he was, I mean, I don't even know, like all the, I know he did Flanders. He did Mr. Burns, Smithers. Uh, he did a lot of them, but he, just get yeah. Billy West, get Billy West in there and he'll do all of them as well. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's just John like, the, it's like, Oh, that Flanders sounds like fry. I don't know. Like, but <laughs> no, I just, I, I think, I, I guess that comes a point of like, people are more outraged because it's like, it impacts them because of entertainment that they're entertained by. I don't know if they necessarily think of like, it takes somebody to do this. So yeah. like who are we to be like, no, no, you need to keep doing this. You yeah. need to keep entertaining me. And I mean, I'm, we're both huge fans of all this stuff. That's why we do this podcast. But at the same time, um, you know, the, I hear a lot of people either on the internet, they talk about it, you know, or my friends talk about it, how, you know, they want people to play this character again, or this person to do this. And it's like, you, you know, a lot of it's contract stuff. Some people don't want to get tied down to things, you know, like movies. Like, you know, a lot of people talk about, well, well, why couldn't they get this character to come back and do this movie? Like, like X-Men, you know, like X-Men's got a lot of mm-hmm. actors and stuff like that. And they're like, well, you know, why couldn't they get this person to come be in the movie? And, and, and it's a matter of contractual stuff. And it's like, you could, you dedicate a lot of your life to that. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people stay away from Marvel, because it's like, you sign up with Marvel and Disney for multiple movies. Yeah. And, and it's like, that's a big chunk of your life. If you look at it, like when did Iron Man one come out? Like two thousand. Oh, shoot, it's it's getting closer to like yeah. what eight eight years now. Eight like years, that. Yeah, yeah, eight years. Iron Man's been out like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for eight years, and Robert Downey Jr. has played him for eight years. That's an insane amount of time for one actor to play a character, and then he's going to still be going with, I th- you know, as Civil War, obviously, but. I think he's going to be in event one of the yeah, and they said that um, like what was it? Other than him doing two Sherlock Holmes films, he's only done um, other like was it like two or three other actual movies? Yeah, uh, other than Iron Man, and I think like one was like um, Tropic Thunder, and then that movie The Judge. So it's like he hasn't had much chance to actually, and I guess there's something to be said there where someone's like, I've made more money than the Joker can burn, so I'm I'm good. So Mm -hmm. he could pretty much choose whatever project he wants. Yeah, you know. So it's like there's that, and like I don't know. Like I guess the good example I think of of being a selfish fan is when I I remember the the day Stephen King got hit by that van. And I was like, no, he is not going to finish the Dark Tower series. Mm. Not like, oh, his wife and his children are probably concerned about him. It's more like, could you please yeah. tell me what happens with your books? Well, a lot of people were like that with Robert Jordan and the Wheel of Time series, too. Well, like, he didn't make it. I know. He did. Well, he, yeah, they knew. They all knew he wasn't going to make it. But they were kind of like freaking out because like, what's going to happen to the Wheel of Time? You know, yeah. it was pretty much. So it just, I mean, but this is all something that was created in somebody's head. And it's like, who are we to be? I mean, I guess it's okay. I mean, we get entwined and we, and we love this yeah. stuff and we want to have more and more and more. But it's like, how can, how upset can we be if someone's like, you know, I'm good, you know? And, and, and like I said, I mean, Harry Shearer may, may be not the best person like to actually deal with, but he served his time. Yeah. I mean, he's I, made millions of dollars saying idly diddly. Yeah. I feel, I mean, I'm, I feel like it's kind of like, you know, someone, like, leaves a property like The Simpsons on a good term. It's not necessarily a terrible thing. You know, people get canned and fired because of creative differences, and that's something to kind of be up in arms about because they still have passion in them to continue doing what they want to do, you know, kind of like how Dan Harmon got tossed out of community and came back and all that other stuff. Yeah. So like, that's different. That's, that's something that you, you know, but if, if somebody willingly walks away on good terms, then, you yeah. know, 
I don't know. I, I mean, how many more years can the Simpsons go? Anyway, you, you I mean, can't like, blame somebody for putting the mic down and saying, I, I gave you 26 years of this. And <laughs> you guys loved me. Thank you. But can't they just feed his voice into a computer already and pretty much do anything that they want anyway? <laughs> like, like like when they when Chef, Chef. Chef left uh, <laughs> South Park. You could probably get like, two more seasons out of his voice. <laughs> they, he's already done. They should. That would be great. And that would be a great um, episode throwback to South Park when they or they did the uh, Simpsons did it episode. Yes, that would be spectacular. I think that would be awesome cut. if they were able to cut just Terry Shearer's voice. In, in. If Flanders never say anything original ever again, but you wouldn't know, and <laughs> yeah. it would just all be mashup. That'd be amazing. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else we got going on? Um, um, oh, in comics, they just they finally revealed who Thor is, and and by and by that I mean, you know, everybody who listens that that isn't a comic person, uh, like um, uh, last year, they revealed that in the comic universe they were going to change Thor into a woman. Which um, could sound weird, yes, but really, the the mantle of Thor is is upon anyone who holds the hammer, who's uh, worthy, who's worthy, and there's an inscription on the hammer. Whoever's worthy, they you know will have the power of Thor. So um, the original Thor, uh, he became unworthy. Um, I'm not going to get into that, but he became unworthy. Not really a bad guy or anything, so don't worry. Uh, and then somebody else picked it up, and it was a woman. And for the when they started the run, uh, the first I want to say seven issues, which is probably about a good seven six months time. Yeah, um, they didn't tell you who she was. It was kind of a mystery. She had a like a helm on, and uh, you couldn't see her face very well. So uh, they finally revealed her who she is, and they threw a curveball at you because. Thor uh, Odinson, the, the 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 blonde, you know, Chris Helmsworth Thor, uh, he went on and did a little detective work to try and figure out who it was. And one of the one of the persons that he crossed off his list was actually the the Lady Thor. Oh, so should we should we? Yeah, hit, hit the spoiler, spoiler alert. Okay. All right, here so. we go. Spoiler! Spoiler alert! Not Harry Shear, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dan Castanella. So so it ended up it ended up being Jane Foster, who is Thor's, I guess, uh love interest in the comics and in the movies. But in the comics, she's dying of cancer. She has very terminal cancer. She's like in a good far along stage twenty eight cancer, whatever's really bad. She's bald, she's very frail. She's in the Brian Cranston cancer area. Yeah, she's yeah. she's at the end of breaking bad cancer. So <laughs> but um Thor visits her, you know, when she's dying and he wanted to just make sure it wasn't her, but it turns out it is. And regardless of cancer, um Mjolnir is gonna fix you. So while she's holding Mjolnir, she's fine. She's a superhero. As soon as she releases Mjolnir and she's away from it from for a certain amount of time, she reverts back to to chemo chemo jane but um that, that's a terrible name for a hero <laughs> <laughs> chemo jane i think she was gonna use that but they're like no 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 you no, can no, use thor like, i just gotta take a nap now. but yeah so uh big big curveball it was jane foster but marvel's which, been doing this like and i know this is something that we'll probably talk about at another point where yeah like there's a cinematic universe that's basically getting everybody's feet wet for what we've known and loved about characters but marvel <laughs> for like the past year or so or two years has been like you know what what if we just take everything and just change it? And they've been really changing everything, and this is like one of the bigger ones. They have. This is one of the biggest ones. Like, I mean, they even announced it on the View. Uh, you know, they kind of use that as like a like a jumping point to 
to kind of tell how serious they were about it because stuff happens in comics all the time. People get killed, people disappear, um, you know, that they all come back or something changes. It reverts back to the way it is. So they wanted to make a statement about it with that. But um, they kept it, they kept it the identity secret, which I liked. It kept, you know, a lot of people reading it. I kept reading it not just to find out who she was, but the writing was actually good. I'm really enjoying the new Thor um, the, the story so far because it's tying in really well with, you know, uh, Chris Helmsworth, Thor coming to grips with not holding the hammer. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously all the other Asgardians, Odin's always freaking out, but it's actually a pretty, a pretty good story so far. And I'm excited to see where they go with it, even though they've kind of mixed things up with, uh, the secret wars going on. So, yeah. And, and I know we've been a little comic heavy, um, here recently, but all the comic book movies coming out and, and we'll get to that more later. I'm sure. Um, was there anything else news wise other than, um, I don't know. Like I haven't seen anything pop up in the last week that's made me go, whoa. I posted the pictures of uh, the Warcraft movie, um, which is coming out in March. That's not really that big of a deal. Yeah, next March. Um, what is, is it? No, no, no. no, no, it's, no it's like two years, isn't it? No, still? it's 16. It's oh, coming out 2016 okay. this March. Um, that should be interesting. We'll get into that deeper once they start to trickle out more stuff like that. Uh, that's That's probably about it for news. I mean... They've been they've been they've been trickling out some some uh, footage of Suicide Squad filming, and that's more video. And I would throw that up there, but it's not really. I watched it; it's not interesting to watch, only because it's like somebody from a few hundred feet away uh, f- filming on their their iPhone. Uh, Jared Leto talking to somebody on set. So it reminds me of when I was downtown Cleveland when they were doing the original Avengers, and I yeah. was like off the distance, and I, I saw a, a one inch high Captain America off in the distance with the, with the shield. And I'm like, I think that's him. I, yeah. I don't know. I see red and blue and that's about <laughs> it. Could have been anybody. I don't know, but I, but I didn't shoot that video. So that, that, cause that would have been like, Hey guys, look at this tiny, super tiny captain America. That's a plot <laughs> point. You don't know it, but it's happening. Yeah. I was downtown for, uh, I think when Loki came out of tower city and you I mean Germany, yeah, Germany. Yeah. I was, I was in Germany and I remember going down there and like, we were standing around and couldn't see anything. And I was like, you know, we should probably get out of here. Cause Loki's over here. Something's going to go wrong. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, the other thing, I didn't know that uh, they cast Mr. Echo as uh, Killer Croc. I didn't know that was who was playing Killer Croc. Oh, okay. And I I liked him in Lost. I have not seen him in anything since. And then he just shows up in the last episode of Game of Thrones, too. So, hmm. it, you know, Mr. Echo's coming back. I, you know, Good for him. He looks like a lumpy croc. I don't know. It was weird because they showed the whole body makeup, and then he had sneak, like high tops on. It was just like, I you know, not, I don't, not that I expect Killer Croc to wear, like, alligator boots because that'd be like that'd be weird because it's like you don't know if it's family or not i don't know but it would be i just high tops just felt weird felt weird that he'd be wearing i guess what do what do alligator people wear mm-hmm. or sorry crocodile people i don't want to crocodile americans i don't know what to call them alligator oh okay well croc crocodiles are are uh, american alligators are primarily in like but his name's South. killer croc not killer alligator yeah so that means he's not american oh Okay. Uh, anyway, so um, all right. So that does it for news. Um, well, you know, one last bit. This will tie into what we're going to talk about next. Um, box office this weekend. Uh, the only reason I mentioned it because it's interesting is that number one was Pitch Perfect two. Haven't seen it. Uh, number two was Mad Max Fury Road, and then mm-hmm. number three was Avengers Age of Ultron. It's one of the times I can. I don't remember any other time where there was a sequel or a reboot or something in like the top three spots. Yeah, that's that was kind of cool. I you pointed that out to me. I didn't even realize that. That um that sequels kind of ruled the box office this weekend. So all right, so let's go on to the the big thing here. Just one second. And now for our feature presentation. 
why I have to warn everybody that there's sound coming, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> so I'm like, like, it's like, wait a second, I got to Just one second. <laughs> it's wait, coming. Wait, everybody, guys, guys it's okay. All right. Um, Mad Max Fury Road uh, came out this weekend, and it uh, it kicked all sorts of uh, butt. Yeah. Um, um, Joe, Joe saw it, and he was blowing up my phone talking about it. Yeah, if you haven't seen it... Uh, I guess stop listening to us because I mean you could I don't don't even throw up the spoiler alert I'm just gonna say it because if we're gonna talk about this movie it's it's not gonna be like oh there's some cars in the desert and there was shooting and people kind of were down on hard times and it was hot I'm not gonna play a spoiler alert but I will I will play this. We don't need I wish they would have mentioned Thunderdome at least once. Like, in the opening, like, it was beyond Thunderdome. Yes. Like, <laughs> like a map? Here's Thunderdome. Yeah, like, Here's Fury Road. If, if the intro could have been like Game of Thrones where it was just a whole big pit of sand, <laughs> and you see like one crumbly thing in the distance and another crumbly thing in the yeah. distance, and that would have been it. But um, no no heartfelt like uh, ballad this time around. I was really hoping for like, I don't know, like a sting song or I, well, some ad, like uh, what the guy from uh, Maroon five, like a song of his, like something, you know, no. I'm on the fury road. I don't, no. I don't think, I don't think it, they were going to do anything uplifting like that. Like, like a Nickelback like, song, you know, th- like Thunderdome was <laughs> Thunderdome was like a, in the mid eighties where, where, you know, that action hero sequence, you know, you had those type of hero characters and it was those ballads and stuff like that were pretty common. This, this, felt a lot like um like a like a western yeah like you know like the stranger rolls into town type thing and i you know that's not the same as how thunder or thunderdome went well and like and i i I went down this whole big uh wormhole with like uh like wikipedia and imdb because that's what i do i'll watch a movie and read about everything about the movie um and the thing with like thunderdome and and we're going to talk about fear your road the the better movie um george miller was going to do like a Lord of the Flies type project with like these feral kids mm-hmm. and that someone comes across them and someone's like, well, why couldn't it be Mad Max? And he's like, okay. And that's kind of how that whole thing kind of came together. It was never meant to be a Mad Max movie. Oh, so and, he was going to do like a Lord of the Flies thing in te- instead of... Yeah, and it just kind of like organically came out of it. And then there was more money, like a bigger budget. So like we got to get some names in here. So Tina Turner was huge at the time. So they got her involved. Oh, for, was, like, you this mean whole, for Thunderdome? Yeah, for, for all that. So like that's like, it was just kind of this weird like... The movie shouldn't have existed, but it did. And it, you know, I think it's exciting. Like, I don't know. I didn't look into it, but I don't know what caused George Miller to come back to it. But thank God he did. Like, it was what twenty twenty years? No, more than 30, that. 30 years. Yeah, thirty years between Mad Max movies, and it's not a sequel. It's not a reboot because I know a lot of times when they spend that much time away from a, like a property, it's like. You know, oh well, they're redoing RoboCop. They're redoing Friday the Thirteenth. They're like, redoing no, Poltergeist. <laughs> which I just found out about and is, is it's coming out uh, theaters soon and it's supposed to be terrible. So, um, but no, it's, it's just a straight, like, you know, Tom Hardy plays Mad Max, uh, you know, who originally was played by Mel Gibson. Obviously Mel Gibson's got some financial issues and, and probably some mental issues. So they didn't get him to play. <laughs> no, Mad no, no, Max this is the perfect time that you get him to play a character named Mad Max. I know, right? <laughs> it's like, look at the, look at the way he, like the beard he'd been rocking and everything. It's like, that's no, no, you put him out in the wasteland. Like it would have been great if they would have made Mel Gibson the villain in this movie. <laughs> like, Mad inappropriate Max. Be like, Max, <laughs> Max, you can't say that it's to like, them people. It's like, yeah, I know they're, I know they're desert wandering people, but come on, man. Just like, just like, 
Take it down a notch. No, Max. <laughs> Max, you don't say that to people. So, brief question. Do you think Tom Hardy has somewhere in his contract that he has to have a face device? I thought that too. And it's just like, I can't, I don't, I can't understand you. It's not because you have it like, it's just, I don't, I don't know what, okay, great. Like, it was just like, yeah. he had to have a cage on, like, no matter what. He's like, you know, it's, it's, it's part of my rider. I gotta have some M&Ms and a face cage or I'm not doing this movie. Right. I think, what was that movie he did with Chris Pine and Reese Witherspoon? I'm pretty sure he had oh, a face cage in that. Yeah, that, um, that romantic spy movie. This or is something. war or this, something this like that. This means war. This means yeah. war. Yeah. He had a face cage in that. For, yeah. See, there you go. That, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive. I didn't see it, but I think it was in the trailer. Yeah. And he was like, you know, if Charlie Sterron can get a fake hand, I need to have something. I need to have something for me, you yeah. know? And it's like, but she got one thing. I want one thing, you yeah. know? Like, uh, I, so I, um, Joe was over the moon about this. Everybody that's seen this movie has been over the moon about it. I think, honestly, and, and there's something to be said for a hard R just in your face, and it, it's gratuitous, and, it, and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it is violent. Um, I would not say it's over the top. I've seen way more movies that yeah, have, had I have less, less gore that have been way more uncomfortable. It's, I don't think it was gory. There wasn't I, no. a lot of gore. There was some weird. There was chances that it could have characters. been, but they they didn't have it happen. Yeah, there was a lot of explosions and a lot of people getting run over and killed, but it wasn't like, like I think the goriest thing was like somebody got their jaw ripped off, and it was like a real quick thing. It wasn't like, oh look, now you, you see his face without his jaw for like a good five minutes. You know? Yeah, it just. I mean, I don't know. It just. I like when three hundred came out. People really went to go see that and responded yeah. to it, and and it's like so. But Hollywood's so afraid now. Of like hard R movies, mm-hmm. it's because they're like supposedly like PG thirteen is where you get your ma- your yeah. biggest audience. And like, I'm glad you brought three hundred up because three hundred was a big deal because that movie made a lot of money and it was an R rated movie. And a lot of times these studios are like, no, we're not doing an R rated movie because we want money, and that's not going to pull in an audience. But it did. And for an R-rated movie to pull in an audience and make money, that's a that's a big deal. Um, and and and, and like I was talking to somebody. I think it was at work the other day about growing up with uh, slasher movies Mm -hmm. and like, you know, every horror movie when I was a kid was R rated and it was cause they pushed that visual envelope, you know, Freddie cut people's throats open, Jason hacked off their heads, da da da. But you know, nowadays we're not into the slasher R rated horror movies. We're into the, the, no, I don't want to say slasher, but um, it's more of a suspenseful horror movie. It's like, yeah, I mean, if if you if the rules have changed, then people are going to find ways to make that like work for them. Yeah, I think now that there's such mass distribution, like on online services, and just people can get access to movies that studios are not afraid to release an unrated cut after the fact. But if that's your intended vision, then that yeah. needs to be what you plant your flag on because. Like I don't, I don't. Not that I'm saying that you need to purposely lose money to make a movie. No. And 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 how many movies have I made? Eh, none. I, not none yet. Uh, if they do, they're all going to be hard R. Doesn't matter the content. It's always going to be gore. <laughs> it's like, Paul, you just told the story of George Washington. Why so many heads fall off? It's like that's what happened. It's no. like a normal movie, and then there's one scene at the end where someone just unloads a clip, yeah. from a machine gun into someone's chest, just and because you that's know? R. Well, it's like. <laughs> It's like um, I. This is not the same movie, but did you see Munich, the Steven Spielberg movie? I didn't Munich. see Munich. No. Um, it's like a true story about like the like um, there was the 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 terror situation with the the, the Olympics in the seventies, and there were some people killed there, mm-hmm. and then like there's a covert op to find those people and take them out. Yeah. There was a really brutal scene in that movie where um, Eric Bana, I think it was him, he walks into a house where there's a lady um, that they I forget exactly the context, but he just shoots her three times in the chest, and she 
gets up and stumbles away as like these these holes are just like pouring blood mm-hmm. and she picks up her cat to go pet it and then she just collapses and it is one of the roughest things i've seen and that's a steven spielberg like award movie you know and it's like but, it, and that's that's an r-rated movie but i think that's a good example because the tone of that is is so uh, being graphic and that's how you properly use it like there's like those torture porn movies like hostile and saw that i do not like i know you don't like them but it's like it's there you're sitting there to watch terrible things happen that look extremely painful and that's not the kind of r that i'm talking about like what you described is like it's they can they can imply what eric banna did in that scene Mm -hmm. you know without showing it but for you to visually it it brings more emotion out of you well and and like even with with fury road there there's a bit where um there is there there are some character deaths in the movie I, I won't go into exactly who and what, because if you haven't seen it, like, please go see it. If you have any interest in, like, and everybody calls it a two-hour chase movie. It's not. I mean, it is. Um, exhausting isn't the right word. It, it it just it does keep going, but that's kind of like, this is the world they've set up where it's like, you move forward or you die. And yeah. it's like, then if you don't get, if you don't feel like that at the end of the movie where you've, you've been down a hundred miles of bad road, then, then they didn't do their job. I, yeah, I get that. But I agree. It's, there's no, cause I think even like in road warrior, there was a lot of sitting and waiting with the oil fortress that they yeah, had. Even, but like, I think I told you, I watched that movie again recently and it's like an hour went by and I didn't even realize it. Cause mm-hmm. it was like, it was a lot of set pieces and it was a lot of just like, we're going to go after this one place and we're going to attack the city. And, and it was, it was, it was a lot of content. Like I think Mel, uh, Mel Gibson had 18 lines of dialogue in that whole movie. Yeah. Which I, I kind of picked up on that too. in Fury road, like, uh, like Tom Hardy didn't have a lot of lines. No, um, and, and most of them, I couldn't understand what he was saying anyway, so it's fine. Cause he, he not, didn't not have because the face, not, not like because that. the mask, just because it's just like, you feel in control. <laughs> like, what did he say? Did he say something about control? <laughs> it's just like, I just felt like Matt, I felt like Fury Road was a, was a really good, uh, a really good silent film in the sense of like, I didn't need to know anything that they're saying. Like they, mm-hmm. everything you need to know about that movie was put on the screen and yeah. you understood everything. Even if you're not a Mad Max fan, um, and this is probably why it's doing so well, like, you can watch it from the beginning and pick up on all the characters and the world they live in from just like a lot of the set pieces. And it's very over the top. Like I remember sitting there and I th- I want to say it's like within the first 20 minutes, like once they start the, the chase, it's just go, go, go. Like you watch this war rig chase across the desert. And then there's just like this party of like cars and people and a guy on a, on a, a rig with a giant speaker system and a flamethrower guitar. Like yes, flamethrower guitar, flamethrower guitar. Like it, if that's not in the next rock band game, I don't want it. Yeah, I, I and it's funny. I read about the flamethrower guitar, and and everybody was really like adamant about like how like it's not CGI. They actually built a guitar that shoots flames, and like watching the cars rip across the desert with spikes and saw blades and all this craziness on it, and then the guy that's basically kind of like your your battle musician. He, he's your drummer boy. Yeah, he's your drummer boy on like strapped to multiple amps uh just playing rock guitar through the desert as you go to like kill some people who stole some gasoline from you is yeah. like that's the world that you're in and from that like watching that moment I was just like I knew what I was in for. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And like I, I took I took my uh, my girlfriend to go see and she's not seen any of the other uh, Mad Max movies and and it's funny because um, since her since we've been together and she always tells me she doesn't like action movies and I and I, I finally figured out what she means she doesn't like dumb action movies she doesn't like doesn't like mindless action movies so because I've shown her 
some really good examples of like this movie is a good movie. There's a lot of action in it, but it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those ones that she just walked out. She's like, I loved it. And it's like, mm-hmm. and in the movie, it's like he, there's enough character motivation and you know, like, um, uh, what's her face's character and then um, Charlie Theron. Charlie, Charlie Theron. I kept want to say Angelina Jolie. And like that's not right. Like Charlie Theron. Like she like. She steals the movie. I mean, yeah. and, and, and just and it's just so badass. But she has a clear cut motivation. Yes, and you don't need to know much about her. Arguably, like arguably the protagonist. Like a lot of people, there's a lot of internet buzz and butt hurt about uh, Charlize Theron's character. You know, being the main character of the movie, even though it's Mad Max and Tom Hardy plays Mad Max in the lead character, but um, she does take like she doesn't take a, a, a side seat or a back seat role as a, as like a supporting character. I did feel that like she was you know equally screen like if uh, not more if like, not more like, yeah she was, she was the motivation in the movie she, yeah she was all and, the motivation I mean Max and and, and this is kind of how it was too in the other Mad Max is like Max just kind of shows up and gets thrown into a situation yeah but there's never been other characters that kind of like are in the same spotlight with him, which I thought was cool. Like I like Charlize Theron a lot as an actress. I, I, I like a lot of movies she's in and I think she's a good actress. And, um, I was, I was at first, like, I remember I saw the trailer and I didn't know that was her cause her head shaved. Yeah. And then after I found out she was playing a, a Furiosa, um, I was like, Oh, that's cool. I'm going to really like this. But her, her, her character did steal the show. Yeah. And, and, and so, and I guess the the, the reason I'm going to gush over the movie, and there's a couple of things too that were kind of odd. I, I don't know if you picked up on some of the stuff at the beginning. Like, did it feel to you at the beginning where it's like, man, these people are moving really quickly? Like, it felt kind of jittery. What do you the, mean? Like, like the when actual they left at the... the beginning, like the actual intro of the movie, um, how the whole ambush of of Max and how like you kind of see what ends up with him before mm-hmm. the whole crux of the story starts. The movie felt like so. There, there's a technique called overcranking with filmmaking where they will take um, film through a camera or it's an undercranking. There's both kinds. I think it's undercranking where they take the, the film through the camera and run it through super fast and record people at regular speed. But when they play it back, it comes, it, it plays at a different rate. So everything feels kind of herky jerky. Do you mean like when the war boys were chasing? Yeah, them, so? all that. And that's, that's a technique um, that George Miller used in the first couple movies to, that's how they used to do all, like to show. They speed. did some of the car. Ch- yeah. I know what and, you're talking about. Yeah. It's like, it was interesting that he made that choice again, even though you don't need to do that anymore, that he was still like, you know, yeah. these are techniques. Cause in, like, even in the road warrior, there's bits where it's like they they felt kind of pity hill where it's like everything's yeah, kind of sped up i remember there was a scene in road warrior where um he leaves the compound in his um v8 and he's zooming and the, the humongous guys come chasing after him mm-hmm. and like they catch up to the side of him and they're going so fast and the one guy basically just uses like a metal tube and hits the side of the car mm-hmm. and it overturns and flips over and i'm thinking to myself like i watched it recently and i'm like that would not turn that car over. And I'm like, unless they're really implying that the, the sheer inertia that they're going so fast would like, you know, you know, like when you throw a, like something in a wheel and it just pretty much, yeah. You know. But yeah, that, that's a scene that comes to mind when you say that, but I didn't really notice that in like the chase scenes. I, I, I picked it up. It's just, it's just one of those things that like, once you kind of see it, you can't unsee it. It was yeah. interesting that, that George Miller was like, Hey, this is like, this is how we used to do it. And I was really, really worried that that was what was going to be the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then after like, you get to the actual, the title card of the movie, like it's like, you know, it starts like, and I, I, I don't know why I kind of like when a movie gets like 15 minutes and it's like, by the way, here's the title. I'm just going to throw the title now. Like, yeah. Not, you know, but, um, 
it it was interesting because it's almost like here's what you've known of Max. Now we're going to take you in an entirely different show you this world proper because now we have budget and I can show you scope. One thing I do like with the Mad Max world is I've watched all was it four now? That's four. Four. Yeah. I've watched all four Mad Max movies, and the first one is I want to honestly say rough to watch only because. Like it seems to jump around a lot, and in the 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 interesting part about the first one is it is nothing like the fourth one at all. Like it's basically you see the evolution of this apocalypse. Okay. Because in the first one, you know, Max has his family. He's technically a cop in Australia, and he has a house. You know, there's still society there, yeah. but it's slowly starting to fall apart. And then, like, when you get to Road Warrior, there's still paved roads. You know, there's yeah. still parts of, you know, society where it's not, like, completely crazy. And then you get to, like, Thunderdome and you get to Fury Road. And, like, there's people hooked. There's women, you know, like the the milk mothers. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they're yeah. hooked up to machines and they're literally being milked. And you've got, like... You know, people with um, uh, elephantitis, massive birth defects. Like, you see, like, the people go from, like, you know, it's the apocalypse is starting. We're still living in our houses, and we have paved roads. And and then now we just drive on deserts, and everyone's got some type of weird growth on their body. Like, (laughs) it, 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 it seriously evolves. Yeah. And I, that, that took some thought. Like I know, supposedly uh, Miller, he wrote like so much history for everything, and he said because because yeah. part of it was that the, the production process took so long that this kept writing and mm-hmm. writing and writing. So I guess the the guitar guy with the the flame throwing guitar has a whole backstory. Yeah, that, like I, and you know, what? and I'm glad that it exists. I don't need to know it mm-hmm. because then I think that's part of like this kind of gets to what we talked about earlier where. <laughs> you get so in love with something that you get upset at, like when the creator doesn't like do it what you want or provide more. It's like, I like that, that Miller is so focused on creating a world that you may man like, why is that guy doing that? But you don't, you don't question that it exists. You just question the motivation. Mm-hmm. And it's just like nothing about that movie. It's like, you just once you're in for the ride of like, once you see the bad guy and what he's all about at the beginning, yeah. it's like, okay, I'm in. Well, like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, those characters are just so over the top. And, like, like you said, like, like Miller created a lot of characters and a lot of, you know, character in the world that it's like, and, like, we were talking about earlier, like, they hit the credits and everybody had a name and, like, a group and they never even called it out in the movie. Like, no. I was like, I didn't even know that was that character's name, but I knew who the actor or actress was. And I'm like, yeah. okay. And, like, there's so many, you know, different, um, you know, people. in the, Like, the one, the, the the midget guy that was, like, in the... Yeah, there was the lookout that... He, he was, just, like, a lookout know, guy, yeah. yeah. But he was missing, like, I think, like, two limbs. And he had, like, surgery scars on his chest that mm-hmm. were, like, you know, obviously part of the character. It could have been the actor, too. But obviously part of the character. And, like, he pretty much was, like, stuck in this chair. But... You, you get the idea that, like, um, in the in the future that... If you're able to breed properly, that is power. If you're able to provide a bloodline that is healthy, that yeah. is absolute power. And he and you kind of see with him that it's like, you know, he is part of this whole thing, but he's not in that same hierarchy. Yeah, it's just, he he's the Tyrion Lannister of, kind of, of, the, yeah. of this whole like, but he, thing. He had a very specific use, and he's a very weird looking character. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the dude, and like you talk about Road Warrior. There's the mechanic that was a paraplegic that they had like hauling around on the winch, and they kept wheeling him around. They had this huge huge contraption, yeah, just so he could work on vehicles. Yeah, they. And 
brought him. He was a gearhead, and he, but he couldn't he couldn't move himself. Yeah, and it's I like remember, yeah. so much thought, and and, and and I think maybe maybe I'm giving this movie too much praise. I don't know. Maybe it deserves it. I, I really think it does. It's just like this. This is what happens when you actually take a project and develop it and, and you feel passionate about it. And like the guy, the cinematographer that did this movie, George Miller, who's 70 years old, by the way, mm-hmm. he convinced this guy to come out of retirement. Who's also 70 years old to shoot the movie, <laughs> to, to be the cinematographer. And it's like, and everybody argues that like, when you get older, you lose an edge. You could not convince me that like the, George Miller directed Babe Pig in the city <laughs> and happy feet and happy feet and the happy feet. Yeah. Take that into consideration when you're like thinking about the Mad Max world. It's be like, this guy also worked on Babe and happy feet. Like when you see all these spike cars attacking each other, it's just like, Oh, he did the animated penguin singing movie. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I don't know. Like it just, it just shows <laughs> me that if you, if you honestly care and not, are not just cashing it in and you get your chance, like it just, I, I, Hopefully, hopefully this like starts a new trend of like, you know, giving like legitimate like shots at things as opposed to having to water it down and and rebrand it or reboot because some of the stuff doesn't need to be rebooted. Like, like we were talking earlier, like this feels like Tom Hardy's Mad Max. Great. Mad Max is a character. Just James Bond it up. Give me, give me a million Mad Max stories. Just just do it. It definitely has a, um, uh, uh, a James Bond esque feel to it, like in terms of like keeping a franchise going, but not being a reboot or a remake. Well, like we were talking, or... there's the hints supposedly of Chris Pratt playing Indiana Jones. Yeah, you know what? I'm kind of for it now. Like I was kind of against it, but it's like he has the charisma. He doesn't necessarily look like Harrison Ford, but he has the charisma, and I know he can carry the physical yeah. side. So give me great stories, adventure stories that are well done. Somebody um, needs to drag. Uh, speaking of dragon cinematographers, or people out of retirement somebody needs to get paul verhoven out of retirement have him make one more movie yeah make make a robocop total recall movie i don't know it's something another like where they bash them up they send robocop like you to go, mars you get the police <laughs> mars you go you go and you're like i hate my life i, I want to be a robot police officer we'll we'll come into our machine we'll put you to sleep and make you think you're a robot and police then you officer. fight space bugs and you, yeah that i would watch that <laughs> i would too that dude um, can't go that that dude can't go wrong with it. so Question for you. Into the world, like we're talking like Road Warrior Apocalypse, yeah. sure, right? Um, there was multiple weapons of choice there, even though I, I do like the callback to the, the double barrel shotgun, how that quite didn't that <laughs> it was, didn't work. That was, it was quite, it was great. Like um, how you had the empty one and then, yeah, yeah it just it always just like, fizzles out. Yeah. Um, in that situation, what weapon are you taking with you to the apocalypse? I don't know. It kind of depends on what, what we're up against in the apocalypse because okay. there's a lot of apocalypse stuff. Um, hold on. Let me think. Oh, well, okay. Weapon of choice. I mean, can I pick dancing like Christopher Walken dancing? Yeah, you can. Does that or, count? Or Chris Pratt dancing. You know, if that's your like, weapon of like choice. Like Fatboy Slim. Or, <laughs> video. Or, or, or the, the, um, was it the blue magnum? No, blue steel. If that is your weapon of choice. <laughs> no, I don't know. It depends on the apocalypse, really. Cause I mean, there's so many apocalyptic, Apocaly- type, apocalyptic, apocalypse. Are yes. those multiple apocalypses? I don't know. Uh, there's so many different different scenarios it just i guess it depends on the scenario um and my situation like am i by myself am i in a group uh see I, you're, you're overthinking it. i, 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 I am. a baseball bat with yeah a saw blade attached to the top that, of it that's that, all i want like, that would probably be minor like a fire axe like anything that does not run out of ammo <laughs> a fire axe a but fire that would axe. it'd run out of fire no eventually right <laughs> oh you're thinking of the kind of axe that shoots fire no i'm just thinking like where would your fire come from for the fire axe, the axe? i Comes like, right out the the front. No, oh, so you have a mystical fire axe. Yeah, that okay. All right. So I, I just I'm feel, worthy. 
<laughs> I can I can wield the fire axe, but an elevator cannot. <laughs> yeah. So um, yes, if we've not said enough, uh, Fury Road, uh, definitely go see it. Go see it six times. Uh, badass movie, badass cars, all of them real cars. Uh, everybody says that the CG, there's no CG in the movie. There's CG, but it's it's used as a tool, not right. as yeah. not as a means to an end. Explosions, 3D things or, flying at you. Yeah. yeah, even though there was, I know the movie was like, there's 3D, and there's a couple bits in there. The I'm one like, 3D scene that I vaguely remember was the wheel coming at you yeah. from, from the, the car, which I thought was really cool. I liked how the car, the car parts of the... The Mad Max world, because that's a huge part of the Mad Max world, or, or it's, the cars. It's a religion. Is a religion. I love how they had that like like pillar of steering wheels, and everybody would grab one like it's their weapon. And, and but and they, they also all... were pointing to the god of V eight or whatever it was. Yeah, said, yeah, not not the juice, but like you know, the yeah. engine. Yeah, I thought that was so cool because it was like almost like going to the armory and getting, getting your, your sword, getting your sword yeah. and your armor. You would grab a steering wheel and then go attach it. Yeah, the movie's completely badass. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll probably see it again. I don't like. Hopefully, maybe in the theater. I don't know. I'm going to own it, and I'm going to watch it on a loop all the time. So, um, all right. So I talked about that and a tie in what we talked about last week, which we were going to talk about post apocalyptic last week. So we mm-hmm. did the Netflix Wheel of Death, which Joe <laughs> Joe cheated a little bit, and uh, he didn't. He provided to me they weren't Netflix. So um, but, here's I, I apologize for cheating, but here's the thing: like when I decided to pick out the movie. I sat down on my computer and logged into Netflix, which apparently some of the movies are different on the website versus like your your Xbox or something. That's true, but you can add them to your queue from the website, yeah, and then they end up in your queue wherever. Because like a couple weeks ago, or not a couple weeks ago, a couple days ago, um, I was on my Xbox like trying to watch something, and I'm just like, these movies weren't there last week when I was trying to pick one, yeah, because there were some there were some movies on there that were like terrible that I would have picked. So that's kind of my fault for not. Knowing that Netflix had different movies in different places, and I or, just or more available if you browse. So, yeah. so yeah, like so, my Wheel of Death was based on post-apocalyptic movies or disaster movies because it's kind of a broader genre. Um, and I, I know Joe picked uh, a movie called Forty Days and Nights, yeah. uh, which is not um, that. What was the name of that movie with um, jo- uh, Josh Hartnett? Yeah, the, that the one, one where or, he kind of gives up sex for it's thirty well, days and thirty thirty days or something like that. Well, there's thirty days and night where he's a vampire. There's nothing to do with sex, but he was also in a movie where he gave up sex called Forty Days and Nights. Oh, okay, right? it, I don't know if it? it was Forty Days. It was I don't know. I didn't see it. I was thinking of that um, that movie with uh, Harrison. Was it Harrison Ford with Anne Heche? No, that wasn't Harrison Ford. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. That was four uh, days and nights. Four days and nights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> None of those movies are what yeah. Joe watched. He yeah. watched no. forty days. Forty and days nights. and forty nights. Oh um, yeah. So this movie, I'm gonna wait till you're done drinking. This movie, god awful. Like I was angry at Paul. No, I was gonna be angry at Paul. I was angry. I had to watch it. Like. Like B movies, I can appreciate B movies and bad B movies that can be entertaining, but there was no entertainment value at this movie. I, I just had a feeling because I picked it just based upon the title and the cover art. <laughs> it's that weird faded out, not faded oh. out, but it's always that mute color palette of every goddamn Asylum movie. And I really have a feeling that this was a, that their cash grab because Noah came out. I feel like that was you like know the what's time. funny is I was on Netflix looking later and Noah was on Netflix as well mm-hmm. and it received a one star rating <laughs> one star rating the same as 40 days and 40 nights oh, so well I, if if I could have had a like they only let you do a one star that's the worst you can give a movie like I wanted to make sure I've rated it one star in case somebody down the road gave it more than one star so that my one star could offset their higher vote 
I didn't really want to opinionate on it, but I felt that somewhere someone would like be like, hey, I like this movie. I'm going to give it two stars, maybe three. No, 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 no. <laughs> I do not want it to have more than one possible star. Um, I hate disaster movies to begin with, and oh. a lot of people, like, you know, they're always like, oh, are you going to see San Andreas? Did you see this movie? I'm like, no. I'm like, it's it's all special effects of stuff going wrong. And I know I I sound like like I don't know an hypocrite or an idiot for going to watch all these popcorn movies about superheroes and dinosaurs and stuff. But the, the disaster movies are different because they always give you like eight plot threads, and it's always the one parent that needs to get to their kid, and like the one yeah. couple that are they going to make it, are they not going to make it, and then someone has a major life decision that they're they're pondering, and then just as the disaster happens, when they get to out to the other end, they're going to make that decision. There's always a there's always a, a outcome like humanity survives, like yeah. And I mean, to me, those disaster movies—it's like it's the end of the world, and they're not fun. Like, yeah. give me something fun. Like San Andreas. Like yeah. somebody was like, "Are you going to see San Andreas?" I'm like, "No," but unless The Rock actually physically fights the earthquake, that I'm would not like I'm not interested in this movie. <laughs> it's like I want him to like raise his one eyebrow and just be like, "You, you don't like, even he puts know." Sh- he, like it's the Earth's cracking open, and he puts it in the sharpshooter, and he's just like, ah. Ah, and he's just like trying to close it back up, and, and then and then the earthquake it, it, it cries for submission, so he yeah. doesn't doesn't even get the he's, three count. It, it just it says no, no I'm, done. I'm done. I'm done. Don't make the earth tap; it'll cause another earthquake. <laughs> you know, that's that's what's yelling at him. He's yeah. just like, no, I got to do it now. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, I so I did not know that you disliked that's, disaster movie. No, that's okay. Yeah. But anyway, no, it's perfect. It's perfect for the wheel of death. <laughs> it is. So like, uh, just to give you a quick synopsis of why I hated this, like, um. Uh, so what was this movie about? It was basically a flood story myth. Uh, apparently, some tectonic rift changed, and it created this huge tidal wave of uh, the 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 oceans up uh, filling up the rest of the earth, and you know, causing uh, a global uh, event where it just stopped. It would not stop raining. Um, apparently scientists in the military were kind of onto this like they usually are, but they kept it a secret as they're building these multiple arcs across the United States. Um, and then the, uh, there's a guy who's, uh, I'm just going to call him mechanic guy. I don't remember his name. <laughs> and then his girlfriend is pregnant and she's scientist lady. Uh, and I know this sounds still, really bad. Still better names than, than the character names. Yeah. Of Fury Road. So. And the funny thing is, is there are probably only seven characters in this movie. And in a disaster movie, you have extras, you have all these other people doing stuff. And it's like a lot of these seven characters just decided to like, like, they're like, you know what? You, you were building this part of the arc, but now we're going to need you to put on a wetsuit. And even though you're a scientist, we're going to have you go down there with an assault rifle and you're going to make sure that um, the sails get put back up. And I'm like, don't you have a whole separate crew to take care of the sails? Like, why do you have to go get this one person? So there were seven people in the movie, and I, I had I had an a engineer guy, his girlfriend, scientist girl. Then you had her sidekick, military girl, and there was the admiral who was kind of like that character who's just like, I don't care about people's lives. We just need to get this arc running. <laughs> And then you had um, you had engineer boy. I'll say engineer boy because he wasn't really an adult. He then was he, an engineer man. He wasn't an engineer man. He no. was kind of like a college kid. Then engineer ma- boy's girlfriend. Uh, and then you had the cap, a captain of the ark, and that w- and that was it. 
Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. There was Engineer Girl. Oh. Was the Captain of the Ark, was his first initial N and his last name Oa? That would have been great. <laughs> they, yeah, they could have played that in. But uh, what ends up happening, just in a quick, brief, uh, literally breakdown of the plot, uh, um, Admiral's yelling at Engineer Man to fix the turbines, which the turbines are probably about the size, like half the size of a car. <laughs> Okay, and they're in the, you know, obviously the budget doesn't give for much. They used a lot of CGI with stuff and it looked terrible, but so they're fixing the turbines of this thing and then they're like, they're like, how quick can you have it up and running? We need to get the arc running. And it's just the one turbine they're constantly working on, but the arc is like the size of like the Chrysler building. <laughs> so like, I'm like, so it's like putting like an outboard motor yeah. on a skyscraper and be like, oh, we're going to get this thing going. <laughs> Yeah. Why isn't it moving? I don't What's know. I keep, I keep pulling the cord. I don't know. I don't know. So, so they're constantly being pressured. And then um, scientist girl, uh, she goes because they're transporting the DNA samples by train to one of the arcs. And there's, of course, like all the tectonic plates and an earthquake and the, the train gets derailed. And they got to go get all these DNA samples or they'll never have any animals again. <laughs> so they send military girl and scientist girl to go get them. And kind of like a cargo plane, like the military cargo planes. Mm-hmm. So, and this this is like some of the part of I'm just this is terrible. <laughs> so, so were you, how how <laughs> how actively were you hating me while watching this movie? I right had now? to watch it in two parts because I was like, no, <laughs> I'm like, stop. Um, so they go and like um, the the DNA samples are in empty water bottles, by the way. So there's a ply there's several plywood shelves where they keep these DNA samples of all the animals in the world, and they're all lined up like empty water, plastic water bottles. <laughs> so they gather them up, and then as they're taking off in their little plane, somehow one of them falls off of her shoulder, like she's got canisters, and one of the canisters falls off the shoulder into the water. They're like, oh no, the bees were in there. <laughs> so then they got to go find bees, and the girl, <laughs> girl's like, she's like, oh wait, um. Sometimes when it rains, bees will take shelter in a cave. And I'm like, the bees, did. oh, no. So they go to this creek bed in the mountain. It sounds like you learned something. I don't know why you're so upset. <laughs> you learn anything. This is like what happens. Sounds like you learned that bees live in caves. So they. That you can put animal DNA in water and you can save it humanity. And well, no, they lost the DNA in there. So they had to go get bee DNA. Oh. Otherwise, they were screwed, which is uh, – I'm an advocate about saving bees and bees, you, you know. Mean, you mean BNA. BNA. They had to go save some BNA. <laughs> oh, God. But they go to the cave and they find one small tiny beehive, which is CGI'd. And uh, they have nothing to capture the bees in, which I thought was hilarious. The first thing I was like, you get stung really bad in a minute if you're going to try to get these <laughs> you're going to get angry and you're going to smash them all. There's going to be no bees left for anybody. Uh, so they, they manage to get away. There's an earthquake and obviously the bees get wet, but they manage to grab like three dead bees. <laughs> so everything, all the timetables get pushed up. Um, and then... Uh, I'm trying to remember what happened. Oh, they the uh, the the captain comes and they get everybody on the the ark, and then the ark is like tossing and turning. The sails get ripped down, and um, engineer girl has to go fix the sails uh, with one of with um, uh, military girl. So they climb up these giant sails on a, a a boat the size of a building, and it's just the two of them. Two people take care of sails. <laughs> on something bigger than a carnival cruise ship. <laughs> so 
the somehow the military girl gets hurt and everybody's scared because they think she's dead and then she's back in uh, well i heard girls like hiding out in caves so you can go find more of them <laughs> but um needless to say everything just kind of dissipates and then the 40 nights are over and the flood and they're all just happy and the sun comes up at the end and i was just like so mad i sat through that <laughs> So you you suffered through uh, the wheel of death, um, and the, and that's something that I that was do. my official review of Forty Days and Forty Nights. I don't care if I spoil the movie for you, because I hope it deters you from watching it. Like I said, I think it's an asylum film, and nobody should watch any of those unless it's part of a, a bet that you have for a podcast. So, um, so I do want to bring the wheel of death back again at some point. I think it's a lot of fun. I will now talk about the movie that that I picked from from Joe's Wheel of Death, um, a movie called Street Trash. Which I had heard about, like um, I go, I go to there, there's a convention nearby um, called Cinema Wasteland that that my girlfriend works at, mm-hmm. and it's a celebration of like all things B movie, and mm-hmm. and one of my friends actually bought like a Blu-ray copy of this movie, so I've seen it in passing, and then you're like, you got to watch this movie. Um, at first, I was like, I was watching it, and this movie was made like what '87, uh, I think it was, no, yeah, maybe earlier than that. I, I read about it, but clearly I don't remember. No, much. it's like '88, '87. Yeah. So, at first, it was a little disjointed and weird, but I've seen a lot of 80s John Carpenter, and it's just kind of the same vibe where it's like, I don't know what's going on right now, but I'll just go with it. There's a, there's a homeless guy with a weird like hippie hat, and he's run away from some guys he owes money from, but he ends up in a burning building, um, and there's a couple like having sex, and he's like, get out of the building, it's going to be burning, and as they're running out, he grabs like money off the dresser and then puts it in his pocket. It's like, oh, I thought you were a good guy. You're just trying to steal that money, you hobo. And so it's like, it's hard to root for this guy, because I thought he was a good guy, but Right, there's kinda. not really a protagonist, per se, yeah. of the, the it, movie. And then... Then it's like, cause there was a bit, a bit there that like before things turned to all digital that you actually had to plan out what you're going to do and shoot it on film. So there was a bit of planning in this movie. So there's actually segments of this movie, even though what's going on on screen is absolutely terrible. There's some actual like legitimate camera movements and cinematography going on. So it's like, I, okay, I can get behind this. Like there was a segment where a girl walked into a junkyard office and the camera tracked with her. And it was like, there was some real thought going into this, but then they had a really stupid conversation. Um, <laughs> I really couldn't tell you what the story was of this movie because it didn't know what its story was. Yeah. Uh, like a guy working at a liquor store finds this crate in his back room. I don't even know what he's talking about. He's muttering to himself the entire time. He's like, oh, this hooch I found hidden away behind a hidden wall in the store that I own has something called Venom. No, Viper. 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 Yeah, sorry. Viper is the, the malt liquor. Yeah, it's that like he t- Tanafly Viper, I think it was what it was called. Yeah. Something. And he's like, hey, you know what? I've had this back here for years. I'll sell it for a dollar a bottle. It's like, good business decision. You know, it's like pretty sure that's probably also how this, the first person sold for loco. It's like, ah, I found it. I'll sell it. Actually, for- you know what? I think now that I think about it, yeah, street trash pretty much is the biopic of four loco. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's great. Buy it. You know, it's just uh, so it's, then a homeless guy buys this stuff. Cause it's, 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 you know, easy uh, to buy hooch. Um, there is one joke at the beginning of the movie. I actually thought was really clever when the guy was sneaking off to go drink this stuff. He goes into this dilapidated building, but you see a women's restroom door and he goes to open it and walks in. And as he closes the door, the camera pulls back and the entire building's collapsed and yeah. all it's there is the door frame. Yeah. That was actually pretty funny. Yeah. And then the guy drinks the stuff. And then within minutes, like not even minutes, like within seconds, seconds. he is spewing, 
neon like he is like a trapper keeper from the 80s and it's like this bright colors it's like it's like um i don't know like if nickelodeon would kill you like from like double yeah, there i don't know from the inside yeah, yeah it's like like, like, like anybody that, that drinks this viper it basically dissolves them from the inside but it's not like a very like believable death believable it's all neon neon purples and greens and like it's like it leaves this puddle of paint yeah and so the guy like dissolves into this toilet and that's like and for practical effects maybe not the cleanest and i don't mean clean as in like it's gory but it's like it's like there was some effort put into all that all the all the the practical effects there's actual effort put into it i respect that it very it reminds me very much of evil dead's practical effects for like a lot of the 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 gore So then you got the, there's two guys that died early to the, to the Viper. And then the movie just kind of forgets that that's a thing for like an hour. <laughs> and then it becomes this whole hobo war story, like in this yeah. junkyard where like you got these two guys that are like brothers and they live in a tire hut. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the tire hut. Yeah. yeah. And then like they're trying to do better for themselves, but not really. And then there is a very weird rape scene in the middle of the movie. Not only once, but twice, because not only does this one girl get raped by a bunch of hobos, um, then she's dead. And then the owner of the junkyard's like, oh, this, there's a dead body here. Yeah. And then the cops are like, hey, the dead body it has been sexually assaulted. He's like, oh. I don't know what happened there. And then yeah. that's never resolved. It's it like, was, that was weird. And I love how like that guy like picks her up from like the restaurant. Doesn't he pick her up from a restaurant? Oh, uh, no, he was walking outside um, a, a bar and she's out in the back alley vomiting. And then she's like, Oh, Hey, you want to go do it? And he's like, yeah. And so instead of going back to her place, they go back to his tire hut and the junkyard. Okay. I see. I, I haven't seen it in a long time. I thought like he kind of snuck up like the valet. Okay. No, Sorry. but the valet there. A side note, and I, it's a, this just tells you like how my brain's hardwired. There, there's a valet there. He kept. There's a joke where he kept eating everything. The doorman was like eating a banana, and he was eating chicken, <laughs> and uh, the, the people were like talking garbage to him about. It. It's like, well, you're working a professional job. Why are you eating all this food? There's a movie called Frankenhooker, which I don't know if you've ever seen or not. Mm-mm. Mary loves it. Uh, my girlfriend loves it. The main character in that movie is the doorman, and I and I'd only seen Frankenhooker in passing, and I was like, "That's that guy." So my brain can put together weird '80s movie horror movie references. That was really bizarre. Frankenhooker's a way better movie than Street Trash. Did you think from a name <laughs> Frankenhooker, you'd wonder? But um, so we're watching this movie, the like, weird weird hobo rape, which. I don't know how many times I can say hobo rape in one podcast. It was really awkward it was, and it was, weird. Like of all the movies I've seen that had hobo rape in it, this is the biggest one. I don't know. So then there was the main guy who looked like Zach Alphanakis who was having Vietnam flashbacks. Oh yeah. And, and, and you never really quite knew what his whole thing was, but Didn't he was he never the villain. Wear pant- he never had pants on, did he? I just, he had a, he looked like Zach Alphanakis, but, but better dressed. I don't know. Uh, and, and, and the, he was like the the main antagonist of all the other hobos, and eventually there's a big throwdown with him, and uh, he somehow ends up getting decapitated at the very end, and and there's a bit there where his head's on the ground and his eyes are still moving, and the girl who he was attacking previously walks over his head, and you see the eyes dart up to look up the dress. And you know what kind of movie you're watching until the very end. <laughs> it's like this guy's head's on the ground, and he's like, "I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take a peek and see what's going on up there." <laughs> I'm dead. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm dying, but I'm gonna. That's how I'm Whoa. gonna go. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, just a bizarre movie. Like I can see how, like I respect that someone's like, "I got this really odd idea for a movie," and everyone's like, "Yeah, let's give you money." And 
I don't know. Like, it's just like, I the, never want to see this movie ever, ever again. Yeah. But it was weird. And like, I mean, I, I'm glad I watched it once because people have talked about it. But dear Lord. I feel like, I feel like we've like totally deterred everyone from these two, these two movies. So too. yeah, watch 40 Days and Nights and Street Trash. Um, <laughs> and I uh, highly recommend them. And then go. So yeah, think about that. I watched that. And then, um, then I watched Fury Road like the next night. Yeah. So it's like that was a good palate cleanser right That's there. That's exactly what happened with me. I was like uh, 40 days, 40 nights, and then I'm like, oh, Fury Road. I feel so much better now. <laughs> so um, please um, like hit us up on, on Twitter at invadingpodcast at, uh, at, at twitters.com. Um, email is the invadingpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you have any other suggestions for the Wheel of Death. Um, or anything at all. Really. Or any, I mean, yeah. if, you guys, if you guys want us to... To talk about stuff, I mean, I've gotten some feedback uh, from some people, and I've we've talked about it, and we want to work it into the show. If you want to hear a segment, or if you want to, you know, you're curious what our thoughts are on a on a video game, or a comic, or a movie, or a TV show, let us know. Well, yeah, and and I want to throw this brief shout out um, if it's still available. Best Buy has a special right now, or at least they did like a week and a half ago. Uh, Shadows of Mordor for uh, Xbox and uh, Xbox One and PS4. Regular edition, not game of the year edition, twenty bucks. And I'm not one to buy a lot of new video games just because I don't I don't ever get to finishing them. Like because I don't know, being a grown up sucks. But start playing that over the weekend. I know I know I'm a little late to the game. Couldn't tell you a damn thing about the Lord of the Rings part part of it, but it's a pretty cool game. <laughs> yeah, so, that's what I kind of yeah. heard is that it doesn't matter if you know anything about Lord of the Rings, no. but the gameplay is solid. It's like, oh, really complicated names. Do I get to stab them? Cool. Let's move on. But it's a badass game. 20 bucks. Well worth it. I'm really enjoying it. So a brief side. But Also, also yeah. if you guys are on, uh, check out the Facebook. Uh, I want to give a shout out to one of my friends. Uh, we, we talked about um, comic book artists when we went to Free Comic Book Day. He is a comic book artist as well. Uh, his his Facebook is Fuzz Images. Um, please check him out. He's very talented. Um I just wanted to shout him out real quick. Yeah, you know, and, and, he's, and he's tell local. him we sent you. Yeah, tell <laughs> tell me. Yeah, I'd be like, I heard about you on, on Invasion, and and I love your stuff. And it's be like, I heard that you would do sketches of street trash. Yeah, <laughs> can you can you do me the cast of Street Trash on an arc? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could you just mash them up? There you go. That's that's a sequel no one ever asked for. Uh, it's like it's an arc full of hobos. They're gonna save. They're gonna save mankind for poverty. I don't know. I don't, just like anyway. Where's the B DNA? <laughs> he drank it. I don't know why no, he drank it. He drank. <laughs> um. So yeah, they'll wrap it up the, uh, for us um, this time around. Uh, like I said, follow us on all those things we mentioned, uh, and also like you know, just let us know if you have a particular weapon that you want to survive the apocalypse with. Just leave it on our Facebook. The more creative, the better. Uh, you know, more spikes, more more saw blades. I don't know. Maybe maybe the weapon you want is just a boomerang, a really sharp metal boomerang to whip at people, and they'll try to catch it, and their fingers will get cut off. But um, anything else? Are we no, I think uh, I don't have anything. I think that's it. We'll be back next week, though. All right. Going to play this, and uh, have a good week. Watch Mad Max like 67 times, and then, then tell us about it. <laughs>